You are listening to Feast Radio, bringing God's love and grace on air. Listen to significant and heartfelt messages you can reflect on and pray about. May this message help prepare you to face challenges, follow your dreams, and open yourself up to God's unlimited blessings. Today, I receive all of God's love for me. Today, I open myself to the unbounded, limitless, overflowing abundance of God's universe. Today, I open myself to God's blessings, healing, and miracles. Today, I open myself to God's Word so that I become more like Jesus every day. Today, I proclaim that I am God's beloved. I am God's servant. I am God's powerful champion. And because I am blessed, I am blessing the world. In Jesus' name, amen. Give the Lord a big hand. This day is very exciting. Ask me why. Because we are starting a brand new series called Wilderness. Lessons and Inspiration from the Book of Numbers. Are you excited? Good. And on this very first talk, we are preaching this message. God is with you in your wilderness. Say that again. With feelings. God is with you in your wilderness. And um, even if we're talking about the book of Numbers, I'd like to assure all of you, especially my niece, Alexa, who hates math with a passion. I'm not talking about geometry, trigonometry, Alexa, algebra, or calculus. But we are talking about the book of Numbers. So again, I ask the question, are you ready to begin? Grabe. Grabe yung Yes. Please extend your hands in the Word of God and let us glorify His Word by singing. Thy Word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. And we shall read from the very start of the book of Numbers, chapter 1, verses 1 to 2. All together, please. A year after Israel's departure from Egypt, the Lord spoke to Moses in the tabernacle in the wilderness of Sinai. On the first day of the second month of that year, He said, from the whole community of Israel, Record the names of all the warriors by their clans and families. God instructed Moses to make a census of Israel, His chosen people, because God wanted to remind them that He is fulfilling His promise to their father Abraham. Remember, God told Abraham, you will be the father of many nations and your descendants will be more numerous than the stars. At that particular time, the Israelites were journeying in the wilderness and they were experiencing 
so many challenges. So God had to remind them that He is a promise keeper. God is a promise keeper. Can you say that again? Yes, He is. Give the Lord a big hand. And let us glorify His word once more. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and the light unto my path. Give the Lord a big hand. We glorify you, Lord Jesus, for your word. Hallelujah. As I told you a while ago, we are talking about numbers. But the question is, why is it called numbers anyway? Ask me why. Because as we read a while ago, God asked Moses to do the census actually twice in the entire book of Numbers. He asked Moses to conduct a census twice. So Moses literally numbered the people. No? He literally numbered the Israelites that he was journeying with. So I'm sure some of you might ask, what is so inspiring about a book that would talk about census and numbering? I'm sure some of you will ask, if I know the names and the numbers of the warriors of Israel, how will that? strengthen my relationship with God. I'm sure some of you will ask, why do I have to study this? I have so many things on my mind already. Why do I have to study the statistics book of the Bible? But I assure you, promise ko sa inyo, after the end of this series, this wilderness series, you will appreciate the treasures the learnings, the blessings that can be derived from the book of Numbers. So again, I ask you, are you excited? Yay! So you are excited to study the book of Numbers. And for this talk one, we will be giving you an overview of the entire book of Numbers. For talk two, which will cover chapters one to ten of the book, we will discuss the preparations of the Israelites as they were about to leave Mount Sinai. And then for talks 3 to 7, we will be talking about chapters um, 13 to 19 of the book of Numbers, and we will be reflecting on their journey in the wilderness of Paran. And then we will end this beautiful series with talk 8 that will discuss chapters 22 to 36 when the Israelites already reached the promised land, and they were preparing to enter it in the plains of Moab. Okay, but I would like to remind all of you that it is important for us to study, to reflect on the book of Numbers in light of the other books, especially of the Pentateuch. The Pentateuch is the first five books of the Bible. Do you remember? We discussed that before. It's the first five books of the Bible, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. And in our last series, the Closer Talk series, we all learned, right, that Leviticus is the heart of the Pentateuch. It's the heart of the Torah. But I'd like to teach you something new. 
you will learn as we walk through the book of Numbers that the events in Numbers, they mirror the events in Exodus. May theology lesson. The events of Numbers mirror the events in the book of Exodus and we call this a chiasm. Can you say that? Chiasm. See, we learn something new every day, right? So when the events mirror in the Bible, we call it chiasm in biblical study. So in Exodus, we learned that God delivered His people from Egypt, right? Then they left Egypt. They walked through the wilderness, the book of Exodus. And then in the book of Leviticus, we discussed how they lived, their experiences in Mount Sinai. So now this is the mirroring part. In Numbers, we will discuss the Israelites living, leaving Mount Sinai, and then they walk through the wilderness, and then they reach the promised land where God delivered them again from their enemies. That's the chiasm. Can you give the Lord a big hand? We learned a theological concept today. And I, I'd also like to teach you that the book of Numbers was called by a different name before. It was called Bamidbar before. Can you say that? Bamidbar. And Bamidbar is a Hebrew word that meant in the wilderness. And that's why the title of our new series is Wilderness. <laughs> Correct. Let's go back to the very first line in the very first verse of the book of Numbers. Let's read together. The Lord spoke to Moses in the tabernacle in the wilderness. First line palang. We already encounter something surprising and even scandalous. Did you notice that that first line mentioned two very opposite words? Tabernacle and wilderness. We know that the tabernacle is very holy. The tabernacle is very sacred. It is the dwelling place of God. It is where God resides with His people. And then you hear tabernacle being mentioned with the word wilderness. And it's very hard to reconcile, right? How can a very holy thing, the tabernacle, be found in a very dangerous place like the wilderness? But we all know that the tabernacle also symbolizes the Garden of Eden. We go back to the Garden again. We always go back to the Garden of Eden. And the tabernacle symbolizes the Garden of Eden. You might say, but the garden and wilderness are opposites. You're right. The garden and the wilderness are also exact opposites. But this is where the main message of numbers comes in. The main message of numbers is this. God accompanies us in the wilderness. Can you say that again? God accompanies us in the wilderness. That's what we want to teach all of you. That's what we want to learn the very central message of Numbers, God accompanies us in the wilderness. And I'm telling you this absolute truth. Where God is, He brings the garden with Him. That's the absolute truth. And so, this is the promise of God to each and every one of you. You will taste the garden. 
in your wilderness. You will taste the garden in your wilderness. Look at your seatmate and tell your seatmate, you will taste your garden of Eden in your wilderness. Go! So when you are going through your wilderness, when you are going through your dangerous phase in your life, when you are going through something that is difficult, a trial, a suffering in your life, always remember, God is with you in your wilderness. God is with you in your suffering, in your trial, in your difficulties. You are not alone. You are never alone because God is with you in your wilderness. Give the Lord a big hand. So again, I ask you, are you excited for this series? To inspire us even more, I'd like to call on our dear brother Bo Sanchez. Thank you so much. Uh, let's give a big hand to Doc Ryan Capitolo. I was going to wear my leather shoes today, but I realized my talk will include a lot of walking, so if you allow me. Um, imagine this is Egypt. Everybody say Egypt. All right, cameraman, I know you're going to have a hard time with me right now. I'm going to do a lot of walk. Egypt. And then what happened was they were slaves here. The Israelites were slaves here. God rescued them and, and God brought them. And so Moses led them to Sinai. Everybody say Mount Sinai. And so, and so here in Mount Sinai, and, and this is the, the, the trek, they're supposed to now go here to Canaan, which is the promised land. Everybody say promised land. Okay, so I'm going to do my 10,000 steps here because I'm going to go back to Egypt again. Uh, thank God for, for, hi, how are you? Okay, so everybody say, what's this place? What, what, was this a difficult place for them? Because they were slaves here. They were slaves, right? And, and, but then they had to go through the wilderness. Everybody say wilderness. All of this is wilderness. Wilderness here, Mount Sinai here, and then wilderness again here. Wilderness, 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 and then the promised land. So this is the whole journey. Now, let's begin. As if I've not begun yet. So here we go. Everybody say, I'm ready. Egypt. Difficult place, yes or no? Right? 400 years. 400 years under slavery, under Pharaoh. Wilderness. Question. Ano mas mahirap? Egypt or wilderness? What do you think? Mahirap to eh. This is a difficult place. Under the whip of Pharaoh's soldiers. Carrying those big blocks of stone. But in the wilderness, there is unpredictability, uncertainty. At least here, it's predictable that, that there's pain and, and you kind of look. But at least there's food. So it's a different kind of difficulty. My dear friends, there are three sub-messages I want to share with you today. And, and the first one is this, that you walk in the wilderness. 
Everybody, touch somebody beside you and tell that person, you walk in the wilderness. I, I really think that for some people I meet, there is this false expectation. Everybody say false expectation. That life is a Disney fairy tale where the prince and the princess fall in love and then they live happily ever after. But we live in a world filled with struggle. And life, you know, when we complain, why is life so hard? Bakit ang hirap ng buhay? Well, I really think life was not designed to be easy. I really don't think so. And I think we, I'm sorry to burst your balloon here, but life is filled with struggle. In fact, there are three kinds of struggle. How many? The first struggle would be the struggles as a human being. It doesn't have to be that you are bad or that you are good, just by the mere fact that you are alive. Are you alive? Person beside you alive? Then you can be sure of it that that person has struggle. The fact that you have to work hard to put food on the table, you know, that's part of being human. The fact that you're growing older and as you grow older, you know, your body goes through deterioration and becomes weaker, etc. That's part of being human and that's part of the struggle of being alive. Death is also that struggle. The second kind of struggle is the struggle of people who disobey God. That's a different kind of struggle, yes or no? These, you know, God is not a killjoy. When God tells you to do something, it is to protect you from certain struggles that people go through because they disobey God. Are you listening to what I'm saying? And do you know what I'm talking about? That sin is its own punishment. That when, you, when, when God says, do not sin, because He wants to prevent a certain kind of struggle, a certain kind of suffering that He does not want you to have. And then you've got the third kind of struggle, the struggle of people who obey God. Brother Bo naman, nakakalito, may struggle for those who disobey, pero may struggle for those who obey. Absolutely. You know, when Jesus said, whoever wants to be my disciple, carry your cross every day, come and follow me, mahirap naman talaga magpakabait eh. Yes or no? Raise your hand if you've ever tried to forgive someone who did not even apologize. Mahirap ba? Oh, struggle. Yes or no? My dear friends, if you really think about it, being patient, is that a struggle? But, and God wants you to do that. So there is a struggle for being human. There is a struggle for those who disobey. And there's another kind of struggle for those who obey. But life is filled with struggle. And so it is now. This is the point. The point is that we always walk in the wilderness. But we know that the end point is the promised land. This is, this is what, what Exodus, Leviticus, and Numbers is talking about. Now, if you think about it, to reach your God-ordained dream, you must go through suffering. Do you have a God-ordained dream? How many of you want to have a beautiful family? You want to? Absolutely. Now, will it take suffering to do that? Mm-hmm. 
I've been married for 25 years to that beautiful woman over there in the front row. And I want you to know it took a lot of suffering to have this kind of incredible relationship. Yes, you. You're the one. You know, I, I have a, I, you know, we travel a lot. Do you know what suffering is? I, we, we travel a lot, and, and uh, we do have mission trips here and there. And, you know, when we, when we stay in a hotel, so, so I have a towel, and she has a towel that we use in the hotel, and we hang it in the, uh, in the bathroom uh, and in our, in, our, in our room. And, you know, sometimes, you know, how, how do you know if that's my towel and that's your towel? You know, I ask her, and then she told me something that's very, very clear. You know, we, we set a code. She said, your towel is on the left. My towel is always on the right. Because I am always right. So, so that's, that's what you call suffering, right? And that's what, you know, a lot of people think that, oh, to have a great dream, you know, you can just go, you know, it, oh, wouldn't it be wonderful if you're here in Egypt and then, and then beat me up, Scotty, and boom, boom, I'm in the promised land. Does it work that way? No, it does not. It, it, you have to tell somebody beside you, kailangan ng wilderness eh. Kailangan. You know, you want to get good grades, you're going to go through the wilderness. You want to put up a good business, you're going to go through the wilderness. You want to have, how many of you want abundant finances? If you want abundant finances, you've got to, you know, work hard. You've got to serve your customers. You've got to, you know, go through the difficulty of putting up a business. You've got to live simply, live below your means. You've got to learn how to, I'm here, mag-invest, you know, and daming tao. Wilderness. How many of you want to have a healthy body? Does it, does it involve suffering? Our problem is this. We are addicted to comfort. Mm-hmm. Hey, I like comfort. You know, I enter a room, and there's this wonderful, soft couch that if you sit in, you sink and disappear. And then beside it is a hard, three-legged wooden stool. Question, where will you sit? Sopa! Kau naman, no? It's okay to look for comfort. But you see, if you make comfort your highest value, you will never achieve anything great in your life. Are you listening to what I'm saying? So, let me give you one last example, or maybe one or two more. That <laughs> last year, I had lunch with a bunch of friends of mine. I think I shared this already with you. And, and uh, we, we were, this was August last year. We were talking about, uh, what one of them said, one of my friends said, um, we were talking about push-ups. And, and one said, you know, I, have, I do 200 push-ups a day. The other one said, oh, ako rin. You know, they were comparing notes. And these were really healthy guys, healthy friends of mine. And I was, I was just listening. And I tried to remember when was the last time I did a push-up. When Rizal was shot in Luneta. I mean, I cannot remember when. But then I said to myself, you know, I, I walk naman. You know, I mean, I, I do a little exercise here and there. So I said, maybe I can do nine or ten. So I went home. 
When I went home, I fall, fell to the floor and started doing my push-ups. Do you know how many I made? You want to know? Okay, ask me, how many? One. One measly, laborious, ego-deflating push-up with shaking hands. You know, and it was so embarrassing. And it's true. When you reach 50, 1.5% of your mass muscle disappears. You begin to atrophy. You become weaker to the point that when you're in your 60 and your 70, it is a feat to be able to lift a glass of water to your mouth. And so I said, uh oh, I better do something. So every day, I would do my one push-up. Every day, because that's all I could do. The following week, I did two. The following week, I did three. And now I do a hundred. Divided by five. <laughs> twenty, and then I rest for a while, and then I do another twenty, and then I rest for a while. Now, you know, I would do, I would do, So, so to do 100 a day, I had to, I, I made a decision, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to push up anywhere I would be. Like in the morning, of course, I'd do it wherever, and then, and then you know, I'm in a restaurant, and I would do push-ups right there beside my table. I, I would be in a hotel lobby, and I'll do it. And so there was this one time, I was in a restaurant, and I was eating with my family, my two boys, you know, Francis, Ben, and, 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 and my wife, and, and, and so I, I dropped on the floor, and I started doing my push-ups, and, and my... my my two boys, you know what they did? You know what they did? They walked away. We do not know that man. We, we do not know. And, and so, and so what, what do you want me to do? Sample, Mona. Hindi naman nakakahiya, ano? Kaya lang kung saan-saan niya ginagawa. The thing is this, para akong engot. No, really. Why do it? What's the purpose? It's, it's almost like, you know, it's one down, up, down. Walang, walang pinatutungunan. Parang wilderness. Na parang paikot-ikot sila. And, and the point is this, the reason why I do it is to become stronger. It's painful to do it. But you see, it takes pain. Pain is the only way to become stronger. Do you experience pain right now in your life? Emotionally, mentally, financially, physically. It is the only way to become stronger. Do you understand what I'm saying? And so, Last example, I know I'm just, I'm just extending here. But, you know, I teach entrepreneurship, and I, I need to say this to people. How many of you want to become an entrepreneur? You know, I, I teach this. Do what you love, the money will follow. You know, you've, it's got to be passion. But 
Big but. You know, a lot of times, people misunderstand that statement, and they say, ah, if, if I don't like to do something, then I won't do it. No, that's not it. The point is this. Before you become successful, you will have to do a lot of things you hate. You will have to do a lot of things you don't like. And then one day you'll be able to do the things that you love and focus there. But at the start, it's going to be a lot of wilderness before you go to the promised land. And again, I repeat this. To accomplish anything great, you have to go through massive amounts of pain. The second thing I want to share is this that the wilderness journey is extra long. Egypt, Exodus, they walk through the wilderness and they arrive in Mount Sinai, book of Leviticus. For one year, they stayed in Sinai. Now, from Mount Sinai to the promised land, how many years did it take? We read this in the book of Exodus already. In Exodus chapter 16, verse 35, it says, So the people of Israel ate manna for what? Forty years until they arrived at the land where they were settled. My dear friends, how many years does it really take? Ano ba yung distancia from Exodus to the promised land. May konting detour sa Sinai, and then all the way to the promised land. How long is the distance? Ask me, how long? Will it really take 40 years? Do you want to know the answer? Can I shock you? Hold on to your seats because you might fall. Are you ready? 11 days. 11 days. It will only take 11 days from Egypt to... I love this talk. Promised land. So why did it take 40 years? Ask me why. Maybe some of you are saying, Ay, brother Bo, alam ko na, logistical nightmare. Ang dami, dami, dami nila. And anybody of you who are parents, when you travel, husband and wife, on a trip, mabilis. But if you bring small children, ay nako, ang bagal, ang daming wee-wee break. Ang daming tantrum. Siguro ganun, Brother Bo. Pwede. Pero, ganun ba kadaming wee-wee break? 11 days to 40 years? Parang hindi. You know, ah, Brother Bo, maybe they walk slow. Hey, I'm an expert of slow. My wife says, I'm so slow. I bike slow. I drive slow. Last week, I, for the first time, rode a jet ski. Sa bagal ko. Merong isang bangka. Nagsasagwan. Inovertake ako. Ganun ako kabagal. I want you to know that how can it be that slow? 11 days to 40 years. Here's, here's the answer. Here's the truth. The journey to, took long, not because of logistical reasons, but spiritual ones. 
Because this is the thing that we're going to find out in the book of Numbers. The people of Israel, they were disobedient. In the first 10 chapters, we'll find this out next week. <laughs> they were very obedient. First 10 chapters. After that, it goes downhill from there. They are disobedient. They are stubborn. They rebel against God. They're just like Adam and Eve in the garden. Same pattern. They wanted to be God. They wanted to do what they wanted to do. They defined good and bad apart from God. They said, we know better, God. God, you're no longer my God. I'm going to be God. That's what they were doing in the wilderness. And so what God did was He prolonged the journey. Everybody say prolong. What happens is that, you see, how many of you have ever failed in your life? Have you failed in your life? School, love life. <sighs> you know, uh, if you failed in life, question, were there lessons? Were there lessons? Did you learn the lesson? If you learn the lesson, then the failure is no longer a failure. Yes or no? But if you do not learn the lesson, guess what? The lesson will be repeated. Ouch. And so people fail again and again and again in the same failure, in the same mistake. And so I'm, I'm going <laughs> to... This, this, there, there's this author I want to share with you. Her name is Elizabeth Elliot, and she has something fascinating. She says, she says this, A whole lot of what we call struggling is simply delayed obedience. Because we do not obey, because we do not trust, because we do not submit to the will of God, and we resist, we struggle. And it is the second type of struggle that we talked about a while ago, the struggle that comes from disobedience. My, my story that I remember is when I was 17 years old, not too long ago, I had my first girlfriend, and I was happy. And then one week later, I met the great Mike Joseph, spiritual leader, amazing, amazing man. And I met him, and I told him that I wanted to be under his leadership, and if he could mentor me. I was so happy I met Mike Joseph. By the way, he's in heaven now. Two minutes later, I was no longer happy. Ask me why. Because the first thing he said was, Brother Bo, do you have a girlfriend? You're only 17. You're so young. This is a time to expand your horizon, to focus on your spiritual and personal growth. If you have a romantic relationship, it does not expand your horizon. It shrinks your world. This is a time where you should take new responsibilities, learn new skills, gain new friends, travel, serve God, and this is the time where, where you expand your world. So I advise you to give up your relationship and focus, focus on the Lord and on your life. And, and I was just nodding my head. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then I said, thank you, Mike. Thank you so much. And then I left. And I told myself, I will never go back to that man again. And I did not. I did not go back to that man. Why? Ask me why. Because I was in lavabo. I, I was in love. I was in love with that girl, and I was in love with love. 
and, and what happened. <laughs> and, and so the point is this. I, I just want to share this with you. It's very important. Um, I began to realize on my own what Mike was telling me, what told me. And I said, <laughs> But then, no, I wanted, I wanted, I was stubborn. I said, no, it's, I, I can make this work. I can, I can serve God and, and focus on the Lord and focus on my spiritual growth and have a girlfriend at the same time, you know. And, and I, but you know, month after month, year after year, and we lasted for four years. In fact, in the middle of that relationship, my girlfriend said, I think we're not meant for each other. Why? But then four years later, we broke up. And then one week later, I go to Mike Joseph and I say, Mike, I'm ready. After four years, <laughs> I said, um, please mentor me. I think what happened was that I went through the wilderness and I prolonged my journey instead of be obeying and submitting right away. Pinahaba ko pa. Can you tell somebody beside you, do not prolong the wilderness. Stop prolonging. And, and, and that's, that's something, which brings me to number three, and I'm going to close here. Could you stand up, please? The main point of numbers is what I want to preach today. Everybody say, I'm listening. Someone is walking with you in the wilderness. The Israelites, throughout this 40-year journey, they had on their shoulders, every time they were walking, they had on their shoulders that tabernacle. Everybody say tabernacle. And Doc Rye was talking about that. It was the house of God. Wherever they went, the tabernacle was there. Every step of their long journey, God was with them. And you right now, you are going through your wilderness. There is pain in your life. There is suffering. There is struggle. That's normal, part of being a human. Or it is the, it's part of, of disobedience or it's part of obedience. But whatever suffering and pain you're going through, God is telling you, disobedience, <laughs> God is saying, I'm with you. Not only am I with you, my tabernacle is with you, my house. I want you to know that the same message in the book of Numbers is spoken again 1,500 years later in the Gospel of Mark. In the Gospel of Mark, this is what he says about Jesus. The Spirit then compelled Jesus to go into the... where he was tempted by Satan for 40 years. Days. How many years did Israel travel from Egypt to the promised land? Forty years. Where? Wilderness. What did Jesus do in the wilderness? How long? Forty days. That's no accident. Jesus was saying, I am the new Israel. Same wilderness, 40 days to mirror the 40 years. The difference is this. You were disobedient. I'm obedient to the Father. This is what you should do in your wilderness. You are going through your own wilderness right now. God is telling you, do not imitate Israel, imitate Jesus, my son. He was obedient in the pain, in the suffering, in the problem, in the trial, in the storm. Obey God. But obedience 
can only come if you trust Him. Trust Him that at the end of the wilderness, you arrive in the promised land. At the end of the temptation of 40 days, this is what happened, Mark said. Jesus was out among the wild animals and angels took care of Him. Everybody say wild animals. It was a picture of what the prophet Isaiah said. I'll read it for you. 11 verse 6 and 9. In that day, the wolf and the lamb will live together. The leopard will lie down with a baby goat. Nothing will hurt or destroy in all my holy mountain. The holy mountain is a symbol of the Garden of Eden because the Garden of Eden is really Mount Eden. And I want you to think about this, that what Jesus was saying was... In my wilderness, what happened was Jesus was in a pocket Eden in that wilderness. That's what happened. And that's what God will do. Everybody say, I'm getting it. What are you getting? God is with you in the wilderness and that He will create that Eden, that garden, while you are going through the storm. We're going to talk about this more next week but I want you to lift up your hand if you can and then just say this after me Jesus I want to be like you I want to trust you and obey you in my wilderness thank you for being with me through my struggles In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. I invite you to again renew your commitment to follow Jesus from now, this day, this moment, until the last breath of your soul, of your body. I, I, I know that, that it's, it's difficult to think about death, but you can die tomorrow, today, this afternoon, or 50 years from now. It, but it does not matter. My, my, my invitation is, why not live every single waking moment trusting Jesus and doing what He wants you to do. Living a life for Him and to serve the people of God. And so I invite you today. Maybe you can lift up both hands up in the air, only if you're comfortable with this posture. And say this after me. Jesus, throughout my wilderness journey, thank you for being with me. Thank you for creating the garden in my life, even in the wilderness. And I know, in the end, the promised land will come. And so for the rest of my life, I will love you. I will obey you. I will trust you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. Subscribe to Feast Radio and open yourself to God's grace. For more podcasts like these, visit feast.ph radio.